FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 379 of the podcast that goes synced. <laughs> I am your host, Jason, the little hot dog Venable, and I'm joined once again by flashback special guest, John, paper airplane negotiations, Wilson. Hey, John. Hey, the little hot dog. <laughs> the little hot dog. I'm the little That's hot dog. Pr- I was really scared you were going to call me the big hot dog, and I was going to be like, okay, um, first of all, thank you. Right. <laughs> Happy to be back, as always. Yeah. It, 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 I, I know that we haven't really been that long since we did Weapon X, but right. for some reason it just kind of feels like a while since we've been in this Marvel Comics Presents book. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we've made several, or I've made several different stops so it's been several episodes but it hasn't been an insane amount of time but yeah i know we've covered a lot and what we're going to talk about tonight is the debut of a adversary of note question mark from wolverine <laughs> uh cyber but i think more importantly and more uh more i guess extra apropos for for john here um the the podcast that goes nick debut of sam keith who, of course, John and his uh, daughter Lily get to talk about on all the pouches because of his probably most famous uh, body of work on the Max. Yes. So, so I thought that was kind of cool. That got a little parallel of, of some stuff you're talking about on the, the other yeah, he, show. Yeah. He has a fantastic look for Wolverine, and yes. fans of the Max will definitely see some prototypical efforts here. Um, yeah. Just the muscle structure and the hunching and uh, <laughs> right. the way Wolverine carries himself. It's very Max. It really is. Yeah. And, of course, the classic Sam Keith. I don't know what the word for that is. What's What do you call them, like, the little spiral threads he draws? That, I don't know. I guess we do, do we'll mean? talk about that more. So I'll, I'll save it because there's a, a specific place where it's like to the X factor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll bring it up. I'll bring it up again there. But, um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Marvel comics represents 85 to 92. So yeah. Um, before we get to that, hope everyone of course is doing well out there. Um, you know, I think, uh, John, can we say, if we say that Texas and Florida are at least six feet apart? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, uh, definitely doing our, our social distancing here. Um, but no, seriously, hope that everyone is, is staying well and staying safe, um, you know, in these kind of weird times. But if nothing else, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, if you're listening to it years later, hello. But <laughs> if you're listening to it now, um, you know, maybe if nothing else, it's going to be a nice distraction. Um, you know, I know I've definitely been leaning pretty hard in some of my podcasts that I listen to, uh, many of which feature Mr. Wilson here. Um, it's kind of like, keep myself from going down too many rabbit holes <laughs> as I tend to, to want to do. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's that, I guess, but just wanted to kind of throw it out there. Yeah. It's kind of a crazy time right now. I was looking at 
Peter David because he's also the writer of the story. And mm-hmm. if, if we had done any Wolverine with him before, but he probably did that Hulk issue that has Wolf that has like he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, with Tom McFarlane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, and then he's also done. He did. Um, I think I did this one with. Uh, now I'm going to feel bad if I say the wrong thing. I think one of the episodes that Al did with me. Um, he did the story um, that the Gehenna Stone affair. Um, so Peter David did that one, and then he also did a one-off uh, in between when you and I were talking about Solo Wolverine. Uh, that one with the like alien like babies on the cruise ship. Yes, babes yeah. at sea. I was just looking yeah. at that Larry Strowman yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the future, or I guess concurrent to what we're talking about tonight, uh, X Factor team. Uh, with the new relaunch of X Factor, um, so they got to kind of try out a Wolverine story before they got to X Factor. But um, yeah, you know, I, I'll say some of this as we go through. I'll say I'll just say in general, I really really like Peter David. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, so lots of lots of good stuff here, though. I think uh, it was really a treat to see. To kind of revisit some Sam Keith's sequential art, of course, you know, it's kind of done covers on the regs, you know, even recently somewhat. But um, it's good to see just him going kind of nuts. So that's mm-hmm. always fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you want to jump on in? I am ready. I've got issue 85 in front of me and Wolverine is all kinds of necky. And so we're, we're ready yeah. to dive in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And this is Blood Hungry, part one of eight. This is called First Scent. And just to let you know what the kind of uh, the tone of the story is going to be, all these chapters are like second scent, third scent. <laughs> so we'll kind of go through those as we go. But um, written, of course, by the aforementioned Peter David, art by Sam Keith, letters by Clem Robbins, and colors by Glennis Oliver. And our cover is by Sam Keith. And we get a hunch. We get Naked Wolverine on a log. We get some Sam Keith mushrooms underneath the log. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this cover. Um, I think it's one of the better Naked Wolverine photos that are uh, art pieces that are that are out there. I know when you know, we're coming off the heels of Weapon X where he was, you know, scantily clad the whole time. I don't know. There's something about the way Sam Keith the bestial nature, the way he really kind of nails the body hair with the style, and just and then the shadow. It's, it's a really cool cover. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's it's got a great atmosphere to it. Um, he is one f- furry dude, and <laughs> yeah. you know uh, later on down the road that gets mocked quite a bit. Like you know they're like fleas living in his fur or whatever, or right. you know he's kind of sometimes joked about being like a really dirty person because of all the fur. Uh, which I think is unfair because we have seen him plenty of times in situations like Japan and whatever, where he's genteel and clean and right. and respectable. But he does, you know, go out and live in the woods and in the jungle. And um, his hair is really gross in this, <laughs> which is yeah. not to slam the artist, but actually to praise the artist because he conveys really gross head hair really well. But yeah, it, it's it's got a power to it um, mm-hmm. in the. Uh, um, the anatomy and the pose and the shading, it's pretty great. Yep. Very imposing. And um 
also kind of worth mentioning, we won't really talk about other stories in these books, but, um, you know, maybe a little bit in line with what also what John talks about on all the pouches. Uh, I have an early Jay Lee art on the back cover, uh, which features Beast, Firestar, and Speedball. Um, so it's really interesting because it's a much cleaner Jay Lee than by the time you get him on, say, uh, Strike File. Yeah. Um, where he's kind of really jumped into his full style. This is a little more like typical Marvel art with just a, a hint of Jay Lee to come. Um, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, you know, it's pretty early in his career doing some of these uh, back covers. And I'll actually end up doing one of the stories uh, with Beast. Uh, that's a backup in these books as well. Uh, it's um, it's a pretty pretty amazing back cover. Uh, but you're right, Jay Lee. Jay Lee, I don't know if he's allowed to really stretch his legs the way he will when he gets his own book later. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But this is, we talked about this briefly in the Weapon X, and I had my facts um, a little bit crossed. This Firestar story uh, it started before the climax of Weapon X, and it's listed as being eight parts, right up until we get to five of eight, and then when the next one is six of six. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So it's it's gonna it's gonna come to an abrupt ending in That's a couple funny. of issues time. Oh, okay. So does that coincide? Well, we'll wait till we get there. I think there may be a, a comic reason for that, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So anyway, in this one, in issue eighty-five, um, we meet Cyber, a huge metal man who has come to Majapur to set up some drug business with General Koi. In a nice callback, Wolverine quote-unquote hunts by tagging an old wolf who just killed a deer. He helps the wolf carve up the carcass, and so the wolf and Naked Wolvie share a meal. Naked Wolvie smells something off but familiar in town, so he pays a sexy visit to Tiger Tiger, who doesn't know much. At least about what he's asking about. Right, right, right. (laughs) One can assume from at least some of this art that she knows a little bit (laughs) about some Mm. things. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, I mean, pretty pretty short chapter, but we do meet our our bad guy, and we do get lots of Wolverine in the wilderness. Um, You know, Sam Keith really plays up the kind of trollish, Neanderthalish attributes to Wolverine. I think particularly looking at the one where he's... uh, sharing his meal with a wolf and he's, you know, got his big old hobbit feet <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, but the bit with the wolf was really pretty great. Cause we've seen it before. We've seen Wolverine do the touch hunting. Right. And that's what he's doing at the beginning of this. He's touch hunting a deer, but he's actually touch hunting the wolf who's hunting the deer. Mm-hmm. And so whenever the wolf catches the deer and dives in, Wolverine approaches the wolf and does his tag and then basically like befriends the wolf who's at first very ferocious and very, you know, fearful that Wolverine is there to take his kill. Whenever Wolverine, um, you know, lobs off a piece of deer to the wolf and says, here, puppy, have some meat. The puppy says, okay. And they have a deer together. Um, but it's just a little bit of a, a spin on the usual thing. Instead of going right. for the graceful animal and, and that's it, he's going for the predator and sharing the prey. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice touch. Um, of course, our, our cyber is mostly 
um, in his flasher costume. <laughs> um, giant, or really maybe almost a, like a, a Ben Grimm uh, streetwear. Mm-hmm. Got an oversized trench coat, a big floppy hat. Uh, got gloves on to cover up his metal hands. Um, and that's really kind of all we see of him is that first scene. Well, he's on the last page, too. I don't yeah. Know if you, yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, it's an interesting introduction is him, you know, catching a guy cheating at cards and basically killing him. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's our first meeting of this mysterious, uh, hat dude. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the end he meets a guy who I guess is one of Coy's representatives and we see him prick him with his thumb. I don't know if we really get a payoff of what that prick does to that character, um, so we'll find out more about his uh, his uh, fingernails or his, his finger claws later. But Okay, so what I read that as is both Wolverine and Cyber have blood on themselves from earlier in the night. Because Tiger Tiger says you have ketchup on your oh, face. Oh, yes, that's right. And then the other guy says you have ketchup on your oh, hand. you're right, you're right. So that this... Uh... The scene where he grabs the guy's hand and you see like the drip. Okay, you're right. No, I think I I agree with you. He, yeah. Okay. I must learn to be tidier when I play cards. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was the other guy's blood, not not that guy's blood. Absolutely right. Okay. Don't ignore me. There's some <laughs> clever scripting in this one from Peter David. Peter David oftentimes will have everyone with a certain level of snark. Mm-hmm. This one. This particular chapter avoids that for the most part, but there is some cleverness in the scripting where, like I said, both of them have blood on them. Both of them treat it like ketchup, and it's, you know, it's just kind of a parallelism. <laughs> right. It's also kind of gross that uh, Tiger Tiger is like, oh, well, that's fine. We'll go ahead and uh, make love while, you know, don't bother and go and clean it off or anything. <laughs> Whether it's blood or ketchup, it's like, you know, Maybe uh, jump in the shower or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but here's my question for you, because it really looks like they're going to have some fun times at the end of that scene. Well, until next issue where they act like they didn't. Yeah, he's like, that's not right. the action I was hoping for. Right. So if it's like another night or what? Yeah, I can't really tell either. Because um, the bottom panel on the page where he gets to her apartment seems to be kind of in the throes, but... You know, maybe not. Maybe it's just foreplay that got cut short. Um, you know, it's in shadow. It's not. We're mm-hmm. not quite to to nineties image where you know you see everything but the actual body parts. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So I think I wrote the, the ketchup joke is funny, but also kind of gross. <laughs> <My notes>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, when. It, what do you think of the first chapter? I mean, we meet our bad guy. We get kind of some some comedy. Um, we get the cool nature scene. Uh, the first chapter is pretty solid. Um, the story gets weird as we go along. Yeah. Uh, but there's none of that here. This it feels like it's going to be a straight-up Wolverine Magiport story with, you know, some nice Sam Keith flair to it. Mm-hmm. And I actually was really – when I was rereading it for this, I got this first chapter, I was like, okay – um, I have a memory of not really enjoying this one very much, but wow, this first chapter is pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how, how it twists and turns. 
Is this no. Wolverine's and Tiger's first sexy time? I believe so. Because I remember being a little bit surprised by it back in the day. I was like, oh, I didn't realize they were like that. Yeah, it was... They were definitely like flirtatious. I I always kind of thought it was more of like a not necessarily Big Brother type relationship like he has with some of the X Men, but more of a kind of protector, mm-hmm. whatever. But and you know sometimes go in cahoots, but they're definitely more than in cahoots throughout this this story. Well, so. they're definitely cahooting, <laughs> right? <laughs> For sure. So, all right. Well, anything else on eighty-five? I'm ready to move on. All right. Oh, did want to mention too another uh, all the pouches tie-in. Um, so there's a B story that I said Jay Lee will eventually do the eventually do the art on. Uh, Rob Liefeld does the first two chapters. So there's oh, some, you're right. There's some Rob Liefeld art in here as well, and I've always enjoyed his Beast. So I thought thought that was nice. I'm just but. scrolling down to see some of it now. Um, yeah, the, I, I'm in the next issue, and the opening splash of Hank McCoy is rather beautiful, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like his beast, too. He's got the sort of the shadow eyes. Yeah, but... well, I mean, I don't know if well, Liefeld the... can avoid the shadow eyes sometimes. <laughs> and this is Liefeld early in his career, whenever he has to pay a lot of attention to his art in order to keep getting work. Mm-hmm. So it's all pretty spot on and just has the Liefeld style, but looks pretty great. Right. Yep. But anyways, we've had our Liefeld conversations before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on to uh, 86. 86, we get one of our best looks at Cyber that we actually get in the entire series. Because um, we don't get a lot of really good looks at Cyber in this story. But he's uh, grappling with Wolverine. And he's got these uh, fingernails um they're like claws but short um well long for claws but short for wolverine claws right and yeah it's just got some blood got some stabs but they're grappling wolverine has clothes on this time but they're kind of shredded a bit right are these the curly cues you were talking about yeah yeah so we'll see them more on the next cover and then they're in mad effect on number 92 but yeah we get a little sampling uh with kind of the uh I don't really know what to call it. I mean, Sam Keith does that all the time. He does it in Max as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like the uh, the fade between the orange of the boot and the purple of the costume. Right. There's a lot of tendrily stuff there. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't really know what the name for it is, but I was I was I was happy to see it. <laughs> a, a well, Sam this Keith is uh, this is Blood Hungry Part Two, and this title is Two Cents. But it's not sense like money, it's sense like smells. Mm-hmm. So it's a pun. Um, writer is still Peter David. Artist is still Sam Keith. Letter is still Clem Robbins. And colorist is still Glynis Oliver. So Wolverine is shuncting his way up the side of a building, <laughs> using his claws to hold himself up as he claws up the side of a building. Because why not? Right. Um, General Coy is playing host to Cyber, who is still all covered up in gloves, boots, cloak, and really, really wide-brimmed hat. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much brim on this hat. <laughs> well, you know, he's okay. When, he doesn't need an umbrella when it rains. We'll put it that way. <laughs> he is He is covered. 
as Logan is climbing up the wall, he uh, flashes back to why he's there, where Tiger's like, would you do anything I ask? He's like, well, that depends. Would you do anything I ask? And she's like, well, that depends. And No, not exactly. Um, <clears throat> she asks him to go check out a situation. So that's why he is climbing up this now while he is entering i think this is koi's mansion while he's entering koi's mansion um lister and rimmer from red dwarf walk by we'll talk oh. about that in a minute okay um, i missed that reference but have you, have you seen red not, dwarf not much of it no okay okay it's it's yeah um he's sneaking through the hallways cyber is talking to koi about what koi wants him to do which is I haven't actually really gotten to what he wants him to do yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he does take off his coat. We finally get to see the very typical 90s metal bands of cybernetic arms. Mm-hmm. Silvestri is going to take this to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah, he is. Cyber yeah. Force. Um, but it is typical shorthand comics for, you know, cyborg elements. Um Wolverine's walking down the hall. He and Cyber smell each other at basically the same time, and they both realize there's trouble. Cyber thought Wolverine was dead, but he bashes through the wall, through the door, actually. He doesn't open the door, just like, you know, Kool-Aid man's his way through it, <laughs> and grabs Logan by the neck, saying, I thought you were dead. It's odd. You don't look dead. I hate being wrong, so I think I'll be right. And he tries to kill Wolverine, but Wolverine doesn't kill very easily. Evidently, Wolverine and Cyber know each other from way back, and they are not the best of friends. So Wolverine pops his claws. Cyber pops his claws. Wolverines are bigger. They start fighting. Uh, Wolverine gets tossed out a window. And um, Koi's like, Cyber, there's blood all over the floor. What happened here? And Cyber says, someone bled. And that's where it ends. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> definitely a lot of uh, snappy patter in this story. Um, I agree with you. I mean, the snark is not all the way dialed up, but some of the jokes land really well, and some of them almost you can feel the effort oozing out. <laughs> like whenever he walks in and the general says, Greetings, sir. I am coy. I myself am painfully shy. Right. Yeah, it's almost it, too too clever for its own good. Yeah, there's no chair. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a cross between like machismo and like Three Stooges, <laughs> or like like vaudeville Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> so I wrote my notes. I couldn't decide if I thought that was killer wor- wordplay or just killing me. But um, <laughs> he does like the wordplay. Yes, he does. Yes. Um, so I, I did think it was interesting because we're right on the heels of Weapon X where, of course, he left the compound as somewhat of a clean slate. And here we get this story where they talk about a past and a somewhat, it doesn't seem like, like a long, long time ago, but it seems to be a fairly distant past. And so I'm trying to figure out like what Wolverine remembers and kind of how that plays into that story. Um, which, of course, is still being really fleshed out by, by Larry Hama over in the regular series. But um, there's definitely hints that they have some uh, 
distaste for each other based on past uh, experiences together. Um, they don't really say like exactly how far back it is supposed to go, and I think that's probably intentionally a little vague. I think that'll probably all get mapped out down the road by someone probably other than Peter David. But um, yeah. Well, this uh, this idea of him having botched up memories. I mean, Ham was going to play with that, but he hasn't been playing with it yet, has he? Right. No, no, just barely starting it. Um, so we, we, we talked about that in the context of Weapon X because, you know, the whole Weapon X story is going to get retconned and played with a lot. Right. But I don't know. I mean, this might be the first time that they really said Wolverine has trouble remembering stuff. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I like that Saber, or so Saber, <laughs> we watched too much Office. I like that uh, Cyber is kind of like... Uh, cybernetic uh, space ghost on steroids <laughs> he's got the uh... space ghost that is kind of his look he's got going on isn't it yeah <laughs> but, um yeah we get like the stuff where like uh i kind of made a three studios reference but um where wolverine like rolls the quarter down the hall and it hits the guy in the boot and he's like oh and then wolverine punches him um and like where did that come from same place this did fuck um so yeah, you, know, you got that kind of stuff that's you know going on. I do okay. I like yeah, go ahead. I I'm gonna try to do uh voice impressions on on these two characters from Red Dwarf. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Red Dwarf is, for those who don't know, it's a BBC comedy show started in the late eighties. It went pretty steadily until like ninety three, ninety-four, and then it started having really big gaps between seasons. And they still, every few, in fact, there was one 10-year gap between seasons. So it's basically one of those shows that guys used to do. And every now and then, they get all back together to do another few episodes or a special or something. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the main core of the show is from way back in the day. Um, and it's basically about four messed up people who can't do anything right. Because, okay. you know, why, why not? And right. they're all alone on a spaceship. And all of humanity is dead, so they're just kind of wandering through space. Um, okay. So you've got this really, really arrogant, full of himself, hoity-toity guy who's telling this joke. And so the guy says, you ready? The guy says, the problem is you've got it on backwards. And this really kind of, I don't know, lower class country guy who doesn't really have any education is like, I don't get it, Rimmer. Your problem, mister, is that you wouldn't know a good joke if it leaped out from behind a potted plant and clawed you to death. Anyways, that's that's um there you go. reading impression of <laughs> Mr. Emperor. It's a fun little show and there are only six episode seasons, so it's worth oh, checking out. Okay. Yeah. I may have to it's kind of one of those things that's always been in my periphery and I'm just never really not particularly any reason I didn't watch it, it just kinda of never happened. Um It is definitely not high special effects sci fi. It is a sitcom set on a spaceship. Gotcha. Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, so we, I, I like the way that Sam Keith draws Cyber's fighting style. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he kind of makes it almost like these karate chop hands and just slices with all five fingers at once, like in very kind of like angular motions. Um and, of course, I like that he pops his claws with a sink instead of a snicked. So just uh, switch up one of the letters. Um, 
It's 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 a little Freddy Kruegerish. I don't know if you are familiar with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies very much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh but number three is the one where he has like the little hypodermic needles on his right. fingers instead uh-huh. of the claws. And so the short claws remind me of that. Yeah, yeah, they do for sure. And kind of play the same purpose, right? I mean they're they're claws, but they also have their uh, their poison tips, as mm. we'll find out. Um so yeah. Um, he almost cuts Wolverine in half. Like, there's that one shot at the bottom of page seven that looks like that's exactly what he did. It's like he cuts Wolverine right. in half. Yeah. But doesn't he just, you know, slices him in the belly real good and then throws him out the window? Yep. Yep. He does. And that's that for that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think my note at the end of this book is I'm, I have a bad feeling that the dialogue is going to start wearing on me, but the art is delicious. Yeah, so, I can see we'll that. See, we'll see that trend continues. Um, but I don't know if you have it. I didn't want to point out there's a... Uh, it says it's an unused cover from Weapon X, but there's a Sam Keith uh, bonus black and white pinup at the back okay. of Weapon X, and it's really nice. Um, so if you, if you have it, or I'll probably tweet it at some point after the episode goes live um, for guys that want to check it out. But... um. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice little pinup that was maybe going to be a cover. It's hard. I'm not saying they're not telling the truth. It's hard to imagine that there was ever a point in time where Barry Windsor Smith was not going to do all of the covers. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, you know, but either way, it's, it's still a really cool pinup, and the black and white really gives it a nice effect as well. So definitely worth, worth checking out. And like I said, if you don't have it, I'll probably tweet it at some point. So. And I'm trying to uh, – I don't know – when the multiple covers thing, I don't think that really gets underway until X-Men number one. Um, right. Valiant did some variant covers. Oh, did they? I, I, don't, I don't know if they were doing it this early or not. Right. Um, so the idea of there being not necessarily not a Barry Windsor Smith cover, but like a variant cover for an issue. I yeah. Think that's, that's yeah, very common nowadays, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ready for 87. All right, 87 it is. Um, Blood Hungry Part 3 is three cents, um, again, with the smell. Uh, same creative team. I really like this cover. I really like the use of white space. So there's basically like a crooked cliff. It's not really like a straight cliff. And uh, it's a cliff that kind of bends down, so it's, it's even harder to climb up. But Wolverine is climbing his way up the cliff. He's finally got his right arm over the ledge and he's trying to pull up and his clothes are all tattered and stringy. And then the background is just all white. It looks really nice. The white is really effective. I think that it wouldn't stand out as much if you had jungle background. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. Normally the lack of a background might be a strike against an image, but here it like really makes Wolverine stand out. Yep, I agree. I think it's a pretty striking cover. Um, and because of the white space, maybe a good uh, option for uh, the title page of the episode. <laughs> and um, a fi- Firestar has the um, the corner, corner box. box. Yeah. For those who don't know, Marvel Comics Presents, the corner box is always one of the other titles, characters. So we've had Speedball and Beast in the other two issues, and Firestar has this one. And she is honestly one of my favorite favorite like b-list marvel characters um, okay 
I, I started reading New Mutants because I knew she was going to be in it. That's yeah. why I first picked up that title. And um, Wait, New Mutants no, no, or I'm New sorry. Warriors? Yep, New Warriors. As soon as I said that, yeah. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I, I started reading New Warriors because it's a Firestar book. Um, right. And yeah, she's she's just one of the people I really enjoy following. Yeah, I, I will say, I know this, this story in here is supposed to be like kind of a fill in the gap of where she was left in the X universe and how she gets ready for new warriors. I enjoy her a lot more new warriors than I do in this story. <laughs> yeah. This story was not that great. Right. But, um, but yeah, anyway, um, also worth mentioning, uh, we have a very, very early Joe mad cover on the back, which has, a uh, the shroud Firestar, and beast, almost a jokerized beast on the back. But yeah, I, I didn't know Joe Mad did Marvel work this long ago, so I was kind of surprised to see that. But yeah, uh, that is kind of a Joker. Yeah, wow! If you just change the color scheme on that, that would be right. <laughs> yeah, it would. So, all right. Well, eighty-seven. Um, oh, I didn't want to say it was interesting that the recap because Marvel Comics presents, you know, much akin to comics nowadays. Um, very often have a recap on the like credits page, and they do here as well. I want to say, I thought it was interesting that the recap mentions Cyber having an adamantium skeleton, which has not been mentioned in story yet. Um, but they do, they do talk about him having adam, his metal, his cyborg pieces are made of adamantium in the recap. So, um, um I don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Because it, it's, it's several more chapters before they talk about, you know, the claws. Wolverine having an adamantium skeleton and claws on the inside and Cyber having his adamantium on the outside. Like it's an exoskeleton. Um, and we're quite a ways from that being revealed. So, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of cheap, <laughs> I thought. Well, it's kind of like, you know, we've mentioned a few times early image. A lot of those character, uh, a lot of the concepts behind those characters were revealed in, you know, wizard magazine interviews long before they were ever brought into the actual story. Right. Um, Well, the reason I don't like it, not necessarily so much the reveal here, although that is tacky, but the, the, the concept of adamantium is that it's, it's immalleable. It's, it's not changeable. You can't, you can't sculpt or mold or anything to adamantium without an adamantium like there's like a special device that you need so his claws and his skeleton um once they're put into place they're Stay there forever that's true um so back I... you know back in the early ultron stories in the avengers that was one of the big deals is that you you need special technology to make adamantium into anything right yeah I mean, I organ- organic steel is, 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 you know, a really silly <laughs> concept anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not like steel is any more malleable <laughs> in actual life. Like, True. In this comic True. universe, when they make a point to say this, this metal cannot be changed or molded or shaped once it's been hardened, and then, oh, except for this guy, it's his flexible skin. It's just like, <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess... I guess to that point it'd be okay, except for they they don't make him like super 
Yeah, he doesn't like lumber around. He's not really slow. Maybe that would make it work a little better if he was almost kind of Frankenstein-y. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, it's it's kind of laborious to move my arms and legs because, you know, I rely on these very special, like, fittings and joints. And, you know, no, he just kind of walks around like no big deal. So, mm-hmm. huh, interesting. All right, well, adamantium exoskeleton aside, uh, as Wolverine struggles up a cliff, Cyber pays Tiger Tiger a visit. As the cats and wolves tend to Wolverine, he hallucinates in a metaphorical 50s flashback of Coach Cyber stealing his chick. Cyber is looking for a counteroffer from Tiger Tiger back in reality for his employer's super duper drug. Okay. There you go. (laughs) And I did not realize on the first pass what the heck this flashback was supposed to be oh, except yeah. that cyber cyber has hallucinogenic drugs on his claws yes so that yeah. got into his system i did see the caption that said whatever their past was it definitely did not happen like this because we've got basically a grease 50s wolverine is the the leather jacket wearing you know convertible drive-in and all the girls like him except for this one girl that he really likes who plays coy right. no pun intended <laughs> but it's, it's weird that even in his hallucination like i guess he's got a pop belly his uh his uh, undershirt doesn't quite cover it up or fit <laughs> and at first i thought maybe he just had a small shirt but then when he goes in profile is he really has like a little uh little pooch going down there otherwise or otherwise he's got like the cool jacket and stuff it's kind of a weird thing you know you figure if he's going to hallucinate he'd be you know tip-top shape but yeah his uh on that first page of flashbacks him leaning up against that car is <laughs> definitely like you know working boy turning tricks kind right. of right yeah definitely only not not usually with so much fur. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. But anyways. There's a there's a fetish for everything, so I like the uh the tiger tiger and cyber meet up at the beginning. He bashes his way and he's like, You weren't expecting me. He's like, Yes and no. T he stands there. <laughs> it's like any Earl Gray, she stands there. I'll have some sent up. It's just a neat little moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and we kind of glossed over the, the cat from last time, but this is Ty. No, it's uh, General Coy's cat mm-hmm. that follows Wolverine, uh, I guess, down the down the ledge. And the wolf he saved comes back, and they, they kind of nurse him back to life as he has this hallucination. Um, yeah. Yep, and the hallucination is is kind of silly, but you know it is what it is. Um, it communicates the emotion of the story, but in a complete. I mean, honestly, it might be a clever way of avoiding tying this to any particular time in Wolverine's right. life. Mm-hmm. They can avoid getting around historical periods by making it all a grease stream. Right. Yep. A fever dream for sure. Um, I think he's, he, uh, he snicks and slices through the hamburger. 
But um, yeah, I mean, then uh, Cyber and Tiger Tiger have some tea at the end, and that's that's about it. They they pretend to have tea. Yeah, I guess we don't we don't see them actually drink anything, do we? Well, he looks like he's going to sip it at the bottom there, but I think it's next chapter, or certainly one of the chapters soon. They both throw their tea over their shoulder. Oh, that's true. You think that's like, oh, are you going to poison me? I'm not going to, yeah. You think it's like that kind of thing? Yeah, later on I think it is. I don't okay. think that, that that's really okay. the message being given here, but gotcha. that's what I think it is later. Um, so he's trying to get Tiger Tiger to buy some drugs. Do we know that that's what he was doing with Koi, that he was going to be selling drugs to Koi or whatever it is? Well, they were going to go into business together with Koi's because allegedly what what the setup is is that Cyber represents some underworld guys, right? Like he's not the boss, he's a hireling. Right. He's been sent to, to broker a deal with General Koi. Then it kind of feels like either... Well, we, I mean, I guess we know what's going to happen. But at this point, it kind of feels like he's going rogue, mm-hmm. like setting up his own side deal is kind of what it, what it plays like at this early chapter. Um, so I guess we'll kind of monitor that as it goes. But um, that's, that's before I got to the end, because this was my first time to read this story. So um, before I got to the end, that's kind of what I thought he was doing, was like trying to play both sides against each other or, you know, almost make some money from under his boss's nose, so to speak, in a way. Um, so that's kind of how I read it the first time through I read it. So. All right. You ready for more? Yeah, of course. All right. So Marvel Comics presents 88. The cover is a scene from the chapter we just finished. It is... Um, Cybers standing at the end of the hallway, having just shattered the wall. He doesn't use doors. Well, for one no. thing, his his hat is too wide for <laughs> to a, go doorway. Through a door, right? <laughs> not to mention his shoulders and coat and everything else. So the man just does not use doors. They are made for lesser men. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and Tiger Tiger is standing closer to the camera with her hand on a crystal ball that keeps showing up as a motif. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's not a Wolverine cover. Actually, Wolverine is kind of like a hint of him. is like in the red of the... I just noticed that. Line work. Yeah, no, his, his, he's got like a ghost face and some mm-hmm. red mist that doesn't really fit in the image. <laughs> hey, I know red mist. He was that guy on Kick-Ass. Yeah, or currently in uh, Action Comics, I think. And that one is a red cloud. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like the cover, though. It kind of has like a horror, like a monster movie vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like, you know, Tiger kind of turning back away from the camera, like almost in, in fright. We don't see her face particularly, but um, yeah, it just had a nice kind of monster monster movie vibe to it, I thought. Side note, this issue came out on my wife's 11th birthday. Oh, wow. Well, happy birthday. September 3rd, 1991. All right. So she was, a, she was a small. Um, this is Four Cents Worth, part four of Blood Hungry. Um, Wolverine is curled up in a fetal position, 
keeping his fist against his belly wound, trying not to bleed to death while he dreams about having a car race with Cyber for the love of the blonde. Now, he is in this little sausage mobile, and Cyber drives up in a big old blood sausage machine. It's basically the Oscar Mayer mobile from, like, Mm -hmm. Baker's Day, but on steroids. Yep. So the whole idea is that Cyber's is bigger than Logan's, and the girl is in the seat with Cyber, and Wolverine sees him. Janet, that's my Janet. And they race, and Wolverine loses. Um, while they are racing their sausages, <laughs> Tiger Tiger is eating sausages while she and Cyber negotiate the finer points of drug sales. Um, they argue over the price. Then Cyber mentions that Wolverine was here recently. I smell him. We go way back. I have such bad memories of him. I wonder how he remembers me. And the answer to that is that he remembers him by the fact that they ran a race together. But then the race turned into a game of chicken and the two uh, vehicles collided and Janet died. So that is the sadness and enmity that lands be- that lays between them is that Janet died during their fight. Um, and the, the, the story ends still in the hallucinatory flashback dream of Wolverine all naked, I guess, because his clothes, he rips them off himself. He rips off his, what does he do? Yeah, he does. He rips off his cowl and his clothes. But he wasn't even wearing them. He was wearing his tank top. Oh, so real Wolverine is getting up and ripping off his cowl. Yes, yeah, I think Dream last... Wolverine is now naked in the dream, and he's going to fight Cyber. I'm going to graduate with an RHD. That's Doctor of Blood Types. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't either. It must be a medical joke. I guess. But this know. is this is definitely the 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 peak of where the story is kind of weird for me. Yeah, um, I still really like the art. Oh yeah, I will. I will say so of of the humor that doesn't land for me. One bit that really does work for me is this stupid paper airplane bit. I really got a kick out of that. Um, the two pages of the paper airplane going one way yeah. or the other. Right. So they, they negotiate their price by basically throwing, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a play on the, like, I'm going to slide a number across the desk and you're going to look at it and, you know, agree that it's a good number. Um, you see in a lot of tropey movies. But instead, like, Cyber scribbles a note, pulls it into a paper airplane, throws it across the room in three very long panels. <laughs> You know, and, and Tiger Tiger looks at it. She makes a counter offer and throws it back in three more kind of really long panels. And you can get the idea of this paper airplane like just slowly, like barely making its way across the room. And that gag really worked for me. Those two pages were probably, of this chapter, my two favorite pages. Yeah, those are pretty great. One element of the story just landed for me. I didn't realize. So... He found out from Koi about the, um, you know, Koi wants to buy the drugs, Cyber represents. 
Then he went to Tiger, and his whole idea with Tiger is she's going to pay more than Koi to keep them out of Koi's hands, therefore keep them out of Madripoor, because Tiger Tiger wants a clean Madripoor. Right. So he's playing that angle with her. Yeah. I also, so a weird kind of addition to his power set, when he, he spits on this paper that he crumples up, and throws it, and it breaks the glass because of his saliva? I didn't even think about attributing it to his saliva. Yeah, well, maybe, or maybe not, but he goes, this is my way of saying you're involved in some serious spit. Yeah, and she says the spitball shattered the window. Um, No, that makes total sense. I just, I had no clue why the crumpled up paper (laughs) broke the window. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Even with the spit, it still that's not like it right, makes I'm it better. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it makes it any better. But um I just thought it was weird. Um Yeah. But and then of course, um we kinda end with the the scene of uh the crash and, and naked wolverine. Naked Wolverine not looking nearly as cool as it on the first cover. No. And his claws are so curvy. I, yeah, they're going to stay that way on the next cover. That's not my favorite kind of Wolverine claw. No, um, they can't retract. They'll be sticking out of his arm. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they can't bend. They're not adamantium. We just discussed that. So. Right. <laughs> Get I, was very, I was very adamant about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, on to 89. E. Part five of eight, five cents again. Uh, all the same people. Uh, this is a, other than the claws, this is a really cool cover. It's Wolverine kind of backlit with some red. And then he's in the rain. And yeah, I mean, I think you changed the claws up a little bit. This cover looks really great. Um, you see his like teeth and like rain and or saliva coming out of his mouth. Um you know, the cowl in black and then kind of his eyes and the, the brown part of the costume in red. Uh, it looks really nice. It's a really nice cover overall. What do you think of it? Agreed. It's a very nice cover design. The claws are the problem. The curvature of the claws is not the same on the two hands, though. Like, his, his, his left hand is a slider curve that is actually not too uncommon with Wolverine artists. Right, his right hand is like it was on the end of the last issue. It's basically part of a circle. Yeah, they're hooks. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Weirdly, this issue has a Mojo backup story, which is weird. Dan Slott and Joe Mad. Yeah, Dan Slott has two stories in this. uh... They did Spitfire story too. Yeah, that's another guy I didn't realize was working this early. Um, You know, I'll, I'll come to really like some of his stuff, but much later than this. Um, I knew he was working this early. I didn't know he was working for Marvel. Um, he does quite a number of Sonic the Hedgehog s- stories. Really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Dude, oh. Archie Comics Sonic the Hedgehog is pretty fun stuff. Okay. It starts out really silly and really juvenile, but over the course of the first, like, I don't know, 20, 30 issues, they start bringing in more backstory and more elements and you're actually reading this young reader's fantasy story. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, in this chapter, a wolf and a cat come to a tiger to help a wolverine. Uh, uh, I like what you did there. <laughs> and that's pretty much the whole <laughs> chapter. 
<laughs> so we get uh yeah the, we have the kind of that's a really ornate crystal ball there that Tiger Tiger's got her big gun over. Um, and then we we see that a wolf comes in. General Coy's cat crawls out. And basically Lassie's uh, Tiger Tiger says, come get Wolfie out of the whale. And then we see Wolverine uh, hallucinating, uh, almost cartoonishly fighting Cyber. Actually, very cartoonishly. Um, as they get like almost tornado powers and, and have a lot of onomatopoeia between them. And then they look back at each other and, and Wolverine turns into like slices of pepperoni. And then Cyber, who loves to spit, he's been spitting a lot. Um, he spits on Wolverine's uh, slices. But then Wolverine says, I'm not finished. And at this point, Tiger and the animals have found him. I really like, I don't know if you have the same page numbers, but page six for me Um we get a lot of white spaces, like kind of small panels, mm-hmm. where Wolverine pops his claws and then retracts them. Um, that's a really nice page. And then he basically asks Tiger to forgive him for losing his temper. And she's like, of course. And they walk off into the sunset uh, to get ready for the next chapter. And then Cyber goes back to General Coy and says, um, you know, basically says, you know, have we prepared for Tiger Tiger interfering with our drug business? And he's like, I sure have. And he's General Coy sitting in a dark office with no lights on. Like leaving him in the dark. Yeah, leaving, yes. Both metaphorically and physically. Um, okay, so we're moving forward with actual story at this point, uh, which is good. The second half of the, of the arc. Um, the art continues to be amazing. Uh, Sam Keith really likes to draw women. Yes, he does. And it's one of the things about the Max that I find really interesting is how he goes sort of backwards with his exaggerations of women. Because Tiger Tiger here is like, you know, curvy in all the right places and she's very sexified. Whereas Julie Winters is like, takes a more normal approach to curves yes and mm-hmm. exaggerates the opposite direction does that make sense yeah no it does it's, it's almost a more I, I i maybe i'm saying this word too lightly so please people just take it with a grain of salt but it's almost like he still really enjoys and draws attractive women but it's almost a more feminist approach to it a mm-hmm. more realistic kind of less objectifying manner if you can exactly. call it that especially considering the context of when his when the max came out i think i think it's really surprising to see him treat it so differently than pretty much any of his peers um so so it makes it it really makes it well, i'll say it's one of the kind of maybe the hundred things that make the max really refreshing <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's definitely not the only reason that book is different and weird and odd and and set apart, but it, but it's one of the reasons. So you you nailed the Timmy and the Well thing, uh, and they actually lampshade that. She says, "Yes, yeah." I believe this is the point where I'm supposed to say, "What's wrong? Is it Timmy? Is he trapped?" <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, I didn't think there was so this one one part that rubbed me a little bit wrong, 
as a as a longtime Wolverine fan, it felt like Peter David trying to give himself a little more credit than he maybe has earned yet. Because <laughs> there's a part where uh, he's, they're talking to Tiger Tiger. Wolverine's talking about his past with Cyber, and he says, "I ran into the one guy in the world who gives me the creeps." Um, like Sabretooth, anybody? <laughs> right. Or, you know, and I know we haven't met some of the other guys, like Omega Red, but I don't know. It just seemed a little bit like, oh, no, no, this is going to be, no, I just invented the cyber guy. He's going to be Wolverine's like biggest bad guy ever for now to the end of time. And it doesn't really quite play out that way, but. No, it really doesn't. And, and you're right, Sabretooth, I mean, this is not the first time Wolverine has lost a fight. Right. So. And it's not the first time he's fought someone really nasty. I mean, the whole idea of Sabretooth is like, you know, everything Wolverine doesn't want to be or fall into and, like, tries to fight against his nature. And I, I would think that would be pretty unsettling for Wolverine. To, and, I mean, just go back to Wolverine number 10, you know, the first, like, birthday issue. Um, and that's pretty unsettling and i would say would probably have given wolverine the creep so it's, it's a weird line and probably nitpicky for me to focus on it so much but it was just it just kind of caught me like huh i don't know about that <laughs> well I, and the thing is i don't think this story really earns cyber as a big bad for wolverine no it doesn't um their past is presented in a cartoon right and so we don't really get the um we get like a cartoonish version of the emotion. We don't get the gravitas of the emotion behind right. their conflict. And cyber is not really presented in the story itself in ways that would make him, you know, I don't know. Sure, he's got the claws and sure he's taken Wolverine down once or twice in this, but it just doesn't really feel right. like this is a guy who gives Wolverine the creeps. No, not not yet. I mean... Yeah, it just it's, it seems kind of out of place. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. So I did like the the sort of pastiche of the manga slash anime samurai run. Samurai run. So you have Wolverine and Cyber standing off, and they run past each other. But instead of, like, a single slice, it's all of the automatopoeia. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this is the same idea. They run, they they run, 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 schwa, and they're standing with their backs to each other, you know, twenty paces apart, and one of them falls. Right. But instead of that, it's <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, Wolverine falls like sliced salami. Yeah, I knew. Uh, I also like in the onomatopoeia uh, at the very bottom, they alternate between sinks and snicks. No, that was oh, really nice. Yeah. And they they both got their wicks in, but but Wolverine definitely took the the worst of it. And when you do find out that the outside of Cyber is adamantium, that makes sense <laughs> because adamantium can't cut adamantium, so Wolverine's claws would not be hurt or break on his side. But they wouldn't do anything to Cyber either. They just kind of you know hit him and and not really make any cuts. Right. So. But we don't now, know that I know, yet, unless you read the recap. <laughs> I know from my movies that the uh, only way you can hurt somebody in adamantium is with an adamantium bullet. So surely adamantium blades and oh. adamantium would also work. I don't think they do in the comic. I don't try to remember no, that no, everyone, it's, everyone it's, it's, uses it's, a bullet in the... Does that ever come back? 
And I know some movie stuff they kind of they kind of swipe. I don't think that one does though. Yeah, it didn't need to, so that works. <laughs> right. So here's my problem with this particular chapter. Uh, it's a characterization about it. Whenever Wolverine is first awakened by Tiger Tiger. Now, granted, he's just come out of a surreal dream state. He's not himself, and he quickly recants. But it's still a bad moment. Mm-hmm. He smells cyber on Tiger Tiger, pops his claws, and complains that his woman is no longer his. So, A, I don't think Wolverine being possessive of a woman like that is in character for him. No. I mean, if he loves a woman and she doesn't love him back, he's going to keep his distance, except for maybe trying to continue to win her. So that's one problem. Then, instead of she standing up for her right to choose to do whatever she wants to do, she says, if you think that I would let a creature such as Cyber defile me, if that's your opinion of me, go ahead and do it. And that... She may, you know, think that Cyber is disgusting and that, you know, sex with him would be a defilement. That's fine. But I feel like Tiger Tiger would say, if you're going to judge me, <laughs> you know, you're, I don't know. I kind of thought she would say, screw you. <laughs> like, she's, she's pretty tough. And I don't, I, I, I think, I don't know if Peter Davis trying to show is like, okay, well, I'm being understanding of the fact that you're coming out of some shit, so I'm going to let this slide. Because her eyes look pretty mean, right? Like, she looks... The anger like, is good. intimidating. The art makes her look intimidating. I agree with you. The dialogue is a little problematic in, to, to a degree. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it is kind of weird. You should definitely have an anger response to his statement, but I just feel like yeah. her line is not quite right. Right. Um, but like I said, he does quickly recant. He says, all... And that's where the shrinking it panels on the the white space says, all oh, forgive me. And he kneels before her. She's like, how could I stay mad at a face like that? And that's their <laughs> friendship. That goes back to, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like, um, voice just cracked. Uh, the motif of like the animal skulls and stuff. Um, we've had it in some of the, uh, the title page framework. And then it's on General Coy's desk, the uh, the sheep skulls that come back again in this chapter. Uh, Sam Keith draws that stuff really cool. Um, yeah, there's a round mirror in Coy's office, which reminds me of the crystal ball and the round uh, window. Yeah. There's a round window yeah. also. Interesting. Kind of a visual theme that doesn't really... It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be a payoff for stuff like that. It's just kind of there. Um but there's some nice visual continuity there, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. You ready for 90? Well, real fast, uh, the completest podcast that I am, uh, Wolverine does show up in the Mojo story. Um, so we mentioned a minute ago, that was by Dan Slott and Joe Maggeria. Um, and really, just a real quick, uh, it's really just a bonus Mojo story where... Uh, with slumping ratings, Mojo tries an X-Men documentary complete with Wolverine snickting celery. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. So if, you, if you're interested in that, it is the last chapter in this issue. Um, I will say pretty impressive early Joe Matt art. There's some 
There's some places that look kind of like other people. Like he's trying to figure out exactly what he's doing, but um, it's still pretty nice overall. Um, so yeah, maybe we're checking out. He does get to draw a danger room scene with a bunch of X-Men. So, you know, they're there. I'm not a huge Mojo fan, but it was, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it was a, it was a three out of six kind of story. <laughs> He's not an immediate turnoff for me, but I'm not a huge fan of his either. I want to like him more than I do, but it just doesn't work sometimes for me. Yeah. All right. Well, now moving on to 90 and... 90 is a big deal. Yeah, and a cover that looks very much like a Max cover to me. Um, so the... you know, It kind of reminds me of... Um, I know it's not exactly the same, but with the, the female figure and the way... Wolverine's crouched. There's, and now that I'm picturing it in my head, really not right at all. But for whatever reason, it gave me a similar vibe to the darker image cover. Um, I don't really know why, because now I'm looking at it and it doesn't really look like at all. But um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, the the Max and Julie, <laughs> the like you know, hulking, hunching, um, and you know the the. A slender woman that right. that parries that he likes to do yeah um and we're looking through tiger's circular window at them um but this is the issue where marvel comics presents becomes a flip book it does yeah you want to talk about that since this is your show well yeah sure um so and I was, I was, I did look, so I was kind of keeping track as we went. I'm wondering if this is why the Firestar story got shorted, um, to maybe clear the runway for for making this kind of a different feature. But um, yeah, we get it becomes. It's hard to tell on this one because they kind of both get top billing, but event, this book becomes top billing between Wolverine and Ghost Rider on the flip side. Now, this first story is Ghost Rider and Cable, which, let's be honest, John, is there anything more 1991 than a Ghost Rider and Cable team-up? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but, um, pretty oh, much, also, I mean, with Howard Mackey writing it. Right. Right. I will say probably the biggest disappointment of this, and I know, right, it would have been not possible to happen. But when you see the Sam Keith covers on both sides, you're like, oh, wow, I really like Sam Keith's Cable and Ghost Rider. And then you open it up and it looks nothing. <laughs> like it's such standard, almost boring art. <laughs> then it's like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So Ghost Rider and Cable have a nice big story, and then Ghost Rider will take over. And I think at some point, doesn't Ghost doesn't isn't it like more a Ghost Rider book than a Wolverine book for a little bit? Well, yeah. At one point, Wolverine actually leaves the book for a while. Right. Um. So yeah, it does become. I think Ghost Rider stays on whenever he's out of it, but he does come. Wolverine does come back before the series comes to an end. Right. One of the things I find interesting about this is that the issues will begin alternating who has the front cover. Okay. How how do you know? I mean, really. Where the little box is. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. So so actually the the Ghost Rider cable cover is the main cover on this one Mm -hmm. then. On this one, this is a Ghost Rider book with a Wolverine on the backside. Interesting. 
Okay. Well, they don't go straight alternating. Is ninety-one and ninety-two are both? Yeah, as, as as I was saying that, yeah. I saw that. But yeah, but more or less, they're gonna okay, they're gonna cool. trade off who who has the the main covered, who is the uh, yeah. the back cover. Yeah. Very cool. So going into the issue, this is Sixth Sense, a movie that my wife had to see <laughs> twice before she understood the ending. <laughs> I don't mean even understood. She didn't really catch the reveal the first oh, time. Gotcha. Okay. To be fair, she was doing other stuff while the movie was playing. Right. And it's one of those reveals that is mostly done with visual montage language. Right. So if you're not watching with your eyes, you might not catch what's revealed at the end of Sixth Sense. But they're just really, really highly amused that going to the Sixth Sense <laughs> the second time, she did not know the reveal. But I love my wife. Um, yeah, I'm making fun of you a little bit. <laughs> I love you. So Wolverine is healing up. He's got some bandages wrapped around his belly and Tiger Tiger's sitting there in her like 17th dress of the evening. Um, <laughs> and she wants to know what the deal is with Cyber. What, what is his deal? And she, and Wolverine's like, he's just some guy, you know? We uh, we had some checkered past, and you know now we're here. And she's like, "Yeah, I'd like to know a little bit more than that." He says, "Sorry, we we only got eight pages this chapter. We're moving forward." <laughs> so, um, turns out his main thing is that Cyber beat him. He doesn't like that Cyber beat him, despite the fact that other people have beat him. This mm-hmm. is a, this is really you know getting in his craw. It gets his goat. He doesn't like when they get his goat because he likes his goat. Right. Um, so he does not want to go after Cyber. He does not want to do this fight. Tiger Tiger has a meeting. She's made a deal for drugs that she doesn't even want. And she's got to go meet Cyber. So she leaves and just leaves Wolverine sitting there in the light from the circular window, which by the way is like sort of goldfish bowl. Like it's a window that bulges out of the building. It's kind of cool. Yeah. What a a window like that. That would be nice. Tiger Tiger and General Koi both show up with their various uh, representatives to meet Cyber, who's not even there. And they start, you know, sort of talking trash to each other just a little bit. Whenever all the lights go out, they're like, wait a second. Why are the lights gone? What happened to our man? And the lights come back on, and Cyber, once again, in his, like, you know, um, hat and cloak and whatever. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's standing on a pile of people's bodies. In those few moments in the dark, he has killed all of their henchmen. And what he's going to do is he's going to use this drug sale to set himself up as the leader of Madripoor, he's going to kill Koi and Tiger, and you can't do anything to stop me because I am Cyber. And then Wolverine shows up and says, I hate limericks. Which isn't as out of nowhere as it sounds because Cyber <laughs> was going to say a limerick. Right. There once was this woman from Venus whose body was shaved like a data. Um, that's a Star Trek nature ish reference. <laughs> and to be continued. Yeah. Um, 
you so Wolverine has his best posture in this chapter. Um, stands up very straight. <laughs> but that panel that you referenced with the window is it's kind of uh, Sin City-ish, but it looks really, really cool. Um, it's a nice panel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Cyber is almost something McFarlane-looking about him behind the headlights or in front of the headlights. Um, and then, yeah, he comes down, and, and we get that glorious last page of Wolverine in the dark, in the rain, red eyes, almost foreshadowing. I'm wondering if whoever designed his X-Force costume, the gray and black one, uh, reference this at all, because it's just shading and shadow, but it's very reminiscent of his ex- future X-Force costume. Um, so that that shot is crazy with the art. Like, there's rain coming down, but the water is going all sorts of different directions. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's a water hose instead of rain. <laughs> But also, he still has those like twirly tendrils going on, like like his costume is coming apart in phone cables, right? And I don't know why telephone cords. That's a good analogy. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. the uh, the The color scheme is reminiscent of his later X Force costume. Yeah. All right. Well, um, (laughs) not a lot to this one. (laughs) No. I mean, I guess, so I guess my only question is, was the whole, I'm here on behalf of somebody else, was that just all a ruse? Like, there's no employer for Cyber? Um, I don't know if they ever really say. Which I'm is looking kinda... to see to make sure, are there even any drugs? <laughs> well, He's yeah. got, their, they're buying the drugs, so they've brought money. Right. No, he says I kept my behind me is a truck loaded with the hallucinogenic I promised. Yeah. Huh. They're gonna kill each other. He steps in and takes over, funded by their own money. Yeah, so I guess I don't know why he has a truck full of drugs since he's not is he just gonna (laughs) sell the drugs in the streets, I guess. Yeah, his own his own supply for his, his finger needles. Um He's going to drug all of Madripoor one prick at a time. <laughs> I'm sure the people in Madripoor are very nice. Right. One prick at a time. <laughs> True. Maybe those low town pricks. <laughs> or no, high town would be more appropriate, I guess. Usually the, the hoity-toities are more prickish. Um, right. All right. Well, from the last awesome page to the next awesome cover... Uh, 91 has Wolverine in a almost Susian jungle. Um, it's, it's very fuzzy with the ink work, but it looks really rad. And a Wolverine's all in shadow, the dark blue sky behind him. We see three of his claws. He's got one hand kind of pulling himself around the tree trunk. Uh, pretty nice cover to 91. It's the, um, it's the cover to 85 after the lights got turned off. Yeah. There you go. After the sun goes down. You still um, make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be. No, I think he's wearing gloves on this one. Don't ruin my dreams. Sorry. Sorry. Well, <laughs> well I'll give one back to you. That cable Ghost Rider cover is awesome. 
this cable is all blinged out and shiny. And is instead of having like a cybernetic arm, he has like a bejeweled arm. And then Sam Keith takes like Liefeld's like headgear and makes it look really awesome. <laughs> now my question is, do cable and cyber do they share the same pair of arms and like trade out <laughs> who gets to wear it each day? Or do they go in two for I mean, did they like actually buy two sets? I don't know. I guess it depends on the prices at the metal arm shop that week. So, right. I don't know. This one has an impossible man story in it. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yay, it's, impossible I man. It. Yeah, I did too. Um, and it's got, yeah, it's it's not funny. But um, in this Wolverine story, uh, Wolverine and Cyber fight on a truck in the rain. While Koi and Tiger do a vaudeville bit about having a gang war. Mm. Okay, 92? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I was looking through to see if there's anything I wanted to talk about. Um, well, instead of a sink, Cyber now pops his claws with a snack, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, and then we just have tete-a-tete verbal... Verbal sparring slash comedy question mark between Tiger Tiger and General Koi. They went back um, to her place. Yeah. Yeah, they're in front of that big fishbowl mirror. And this is where the tossing out of the coffee or tea happens. So Cyber was drinking the tea earlier. That was my bad memory. No, no problem. Yeah. And they both dump it into a plant. Okay. Okay. I love this. You are that Confident Tiger Tiger, you are that stupid, General Koi. I am not that stupid. Forgive me. Perhaps you are marginally less stupid than that. That's <laughs> better. Yep. So some some verbal sparring as they point a gun at each other the whole time. Um Wolverine gets some hallucinogenic back in him because the truck turns into a giant raging bull. Um, Which he says, no more of this bull. Yeah, he does. He does say, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) That was the least (laughs) enthused. And then they drive off a cliff and they both yell. It's interesting. So I guess the bookend of the chapter visually, because... There's still a lot of interesting visual stuff. So we start off with like a half, one of those typical half faces, like half Wolverine face, half cyber face. And there's like a division between them. And then it's almost like the last scene is like they got ripped apart in the scenes in the middle of their faces. So I, I think really. Cyber face was a savage dragon bad guy. <laughs> I think you're right. I think cyber face is a savage bag and savage dragon bad guy. Ooh, a savage bag. And that's a different movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that movie. <laughs> um, the cast after dark. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, any other comments on ninety one? No, I, mean, I don't I mean, have much. It, it continues to be beautiful. The story is very straightforward. There are fun moments, uh, but there's not a whole lot of like note. Right. Yep. All okay. right. Well, ninety two. The finale. Or finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's, 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So they're not. Okay. So, so this covers what I'm talking about where we have like the excessive like stringy, yeah. stringy stuff. I do think he's just selling phone cords and they have fallen out of his pockets. <laughs> I think that's what's up here. Works for me. It's another white background, so he does stand out in stark contrast to the background. And I don't think it's as necessary as it was before, but what are you going to put behind this? Like a lamp or something? I don't know. Right. So um, his cowl is so shredded that his like you know head fins aren't even that noticeable in the uh, shading. Because right. they're so torn up, they don't make their usual um, shape. But um, I think I forgot to read this one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I'm so looking at a, it. There's a, a sarcastic ping pong match. <laughs> I did. I forgot to read this one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no I'm so problem. sorry. Um, I'm gonna read they, it as, you, as, as they, we go through. Fight, read it. They fight in the trees. Um, Cyber spits on Wolverine again <laughs> because he loves to spit. Uh, Wolverine bites out Cyber's eye with his mouth and his teeth, uh, spits it out, and says, I'll get the last spit here. Uh, Cyber hugs the tree. They fight some more. Uh, Cyber's actually able to grab Wolverine's claws, which was a nice touch. Um, I. So somehow the wolf is able to bite Cyber? I don't know how or why. The... Yeah, why isn't the wolf losing his teeth? Right. And why does Cyber even feel it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we don't know for sure how far up his cybernetics go. We know his face, is, his chin is fleshy. Maybe his neck oh. is too. But anyway, he falls out. He lands in the drugs with the wolf. And he sees a crazy monster wolf and runs off screaming. The wolf appears to maybe be dead, which is sad. Um, and then Tiger, Tiger, and Koi, instead of playing ping pong, are going to shoot at a dartboard when they shake hands. They agree on the story that their men were all abducted by aliens. And that's how they'll save face. Then Wolverine meets Tiger, Tiger, and she says, was there a wolf here? And he goes, there still is, baby. There still is. Wolverines are not wolves, Wolverine. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. There, there are moments of the story that I like. I don't know if I really like it overall, but visually, I love it. I mean, Sam Keith is in top form in almost every chapter. Um so what what's kind of your ending thoughts on this one? Um Cyber doesn't earn it. Nope. Um, even by the end of the story, he honestly, if Wolverine weren't belly aching, both literally and <laughs> emotionally, as much as he is about Cyber in the story, Cyber would be a non-entity. Right. Um He's not that great. Yeah, he's got the claws. Yeah, he's got the drug-tipped things. And yes, slicing through Wolverine's belly sends the drugs through and everything else. Okay, that's fine. I get it. So he has potential to be a really big menace to Wolverine because, I mean, honestly, one slice through his belly and Wolverine's down. But it's just, I'm not feeling it. I'm seeing it. I'm not feeling it. And like I said earlier, their, their flashback past we're not really 
doesn't really convey the weight of the character either. Um, and there's so much that is done with a levity that feels inappropriate. Like Koi and Tiger Tiger resolve their difficulties over tea and ping pong. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I. So I, I really spent a lot of time trying to argue with myself. Was actually looking at every Peter David Wolverine story that we've had so far on the podcast of Ghost Nicked. I'm kind of wondering if Peter David is just trying to take the piss out of Wolverine. <laughs> like, he doesn't really like him that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's a weird thing to say because surely he could have just said, I don't really want to write that if he really didn't want to. But I just kind of get the feeling that, I don't know, it's just, like, he kind of writes off the whole Magiport element as just kind of being a joke. Um, Wolverines and Cyber, like, I mean, on the one hand, I'm kind of glad they didn't go with the obvious. You know, you talk a lot on all the pouches about how they kind of, there's a sudden reveal of, of this ancient backstory with all these characters, like, oh, you didn't know, but this whole time I've been your brother. <laughs> you know? Right, like, and, right. And I'm glad they didn't they didn't do that. Like Cyber didn't eventually come out and say, "Oh, I'm your dad," or "I'm, you know, I really was your coach in high school." That's why you hallucinated about me being a coach because I made you do too many push-ups, you know, back then when you didn't go to high school. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like he could there, have come out and said. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. Right. And, you know, and maybe it's just in a line because um, recently covered uh, Bloody Choices where there's a not Wolverine character uh, that he fights that looks a lot like him. And there's hints. That, I don't know. This is just a string of a lot of characters where there's these vague hints to Wolverine's past that don't really pay off. And mm-hmm. maybe there were intentions and maybe the characters just aren't that good and so they don't really get the play out that your saber tooth get. But um I don't know. It just it is 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 really disappointing that the the hallucinations, in addition to not really having any emotional weight, don't really actually tell us anything other than they fought each other at one point, and Wolverine, they, they fought each other over a woman. Maybe woman died, and Wolverine <laughs> was beat. Yeah, that's true. Right. Maybe that was. I mean, they don't ever mention her outside of the flashbacks. So you're right. Right. It could be a, yeah. Um, so. I like seeing Tiger Tiger again. Honestly, yes. when she shows up, my ears always perk up. Um, Wolverine and Madripoor is usually a big plus for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koi is here. I believe we've seen him in his conflicts with Tiger before, or at least you know some of the people yeah. who help run Madripoor. Um, but yes, Cyber is just not doing it for me. Now you've hinted that there are other stories to come. I think I've read one that's a bit more of a main, more mainstream story, and I remember thinking, oh, I probably should go back and reread that MCP story. <laughs> I don't know if you should. <laughs> Honestly, though, I kind of feel like I felt at the beginning of this recording, that first chapter was really good. Yes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. And, and and there are bits and pieces in the writing that I enjoyed. Some, 
some of the humor works pretty well. Like uh, the airplane, the paper airplane thing worked pretty well. Um, some of the kind of band tour actually works, but then some of it just feels. I I'm not a fan of comedy that feels like it's trying really hard, and some of this feels like it's trying really hard. Um, I remember what I was going to say. You said earlier that it feels like he's taking the piss out of Wolverine. When you're reading Peter David's X Factor or Peter David's Star Trek novels, in X Factor, the characters might poke at each other, but you don't feel like the writer is poking at the characters. Right. You know? Yeah, which is a pretty big difference. And, and maybe he pokes a little bit of fun at the X Men concept and genre as it was in 1993. But he still manages to do it in a way that helps you feel invested in the characters. And the right. same with his Star Trek novels. His Star Trek novels, the characters are occasionally snarky with each other because everyone in a Peter David book comes with a dose of Stark. <laughs> and he kind of pokes a bit of fun at Star Trek as a concept and some of the elements of Star but it, but in a fan's way, you know, in, in the way that we all kind of, you know, wink at some of the elements of Star Trek. But while you're doing so, you are emotionally connecting to the characters and you're caring about their fates and you're feeling their feelings. So it's, it's an interesting balance that he is often pretty skilled at, but he either wasn't going for that here or just didn't manage to pull it off. Right. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, what do you want to rate this bad boy as a whole? Um, I'm tempted to give it a four because of the art. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to eventually land. Um, if Sam Keith had not drawn this, it'd be easily a three. Right. Yeah. Or less. I, right. Three or less. That, <laughs> less now, it's, now, it's, now it's three to a four. So I'm going to go with a four. Yeah, I'm going to go with a four too. I I really enjoyed the art, um, like a lot, and so I think that that merits. A little bit higher score for me, but yeah, it's uh, it is definitely carried by the art, even the some of the hallucination stuff, which I didn't really enjoy reading. I enjoyed looking at mm-hmm, a lot exactly. of it. So yep, yep. So yeah, so so big kudos to Sam Keith. Yeah, I would love. Now I'm going to ask you to spoil me a little bit. Um, I know he does covers. A long time for MCP. I've not read anything after this in MCP. Does he ever come back and do do pencils? He does have one more story. Okay, does he write that one as well, or does someone uh, else write it? I'm going to the credits right now. It's a Wolverine Venom team up. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Howard Mackey writes it. Okay. So it's, okay. Um, Howard which Mackey. And- Howard Mackey and Venom were kind of a team in in that era. Yeah. But it might actually end up being a lesser story than this one, but we'll see when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, well, cool. I'm glad he gets to draw some more. Um, I I, want, I wouldn't mind seeing a really offbeat story. You know what? I think he writes – does he write when in the 90s he comes – or I'm sorry, in the early 2000s he comes back and does a Wolverine Hulk story? I don't know if he – Yeah, he is, the, he is the writer-artist on Wolverine Hulk. All right, cool. Well, good. I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting that now. It's he after- has a, a couple of writer artist uh, miniseries for DC too. Uh, he did a couple of miniseries for a character called Zero Girl. He did a miniseries called Four Women. Um, huh. He did a miniseries called Scratch. 
He did a Batman Secrets and Batman Lobo Deadly Serious. So writer artist is one of the things that he has done a few times. Oh, he does a Batman the Max in 2018. Oh no! Oh wow! Writer really? and art. Yeah, that's like not that long ago. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Well, John, as always, thank you for coming on. Um, we we had a lot of kind of natural segues into all the pouches, but why don't you talk about uh, some of your other great shows as well? Um, so every week on Fridays, Michael Kaiser and I have been going through the Marvel Universe from the beginning. We have recently hit 100 episodes. We're pretty excited about that. Um, and... Uh, that is available at makeoursmarvel.com or search Make Ours Marvel on your favorite podcatcher. Also, once a month on that show, we look at something that's not comics, and we are nearing the end of our journey through the X-Men franchise of films. Now, we were really excited because we were going to be able to end with the New Mutants. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And it was really finally actually coming out. And then it got pushed back. So uh, because of all the stuff that's going on right now in the world. Right. So, um, you know, podcasting is just podcasting. Of course, people's health is, uh, you know, of infinite more importance. <laughs> right. Um, but it's just a little bit of a sad irony. Right. Uh, so that's Make Ours Marvel. On a happier side, though, didn't I see that y'all officially made Sarah like the, the not comics yes. uh, kind of permanent co-host? So Sarah Century has been helping us with our X-Men films and a few other things. We've just been having such a good time. And she's, you know, says that she genuinely enjoys coming and talking to us each month. So she has become part of the permanent panel for our monthly uh, film and TV Marvel discussions. So once we get past Dark Phoenix and start moving forward with other stuff, she will be along for the ride with us. Uh, so that's Very pretty cool. exciting. Yeah. Uh, we found her because she writes... Uh, at least used to, I don't know if she still does, right, for the Sci-Fi Fangirls branch of the Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, she also has a podcast, Bitches on Comics, that she does with her friend S.E. Fleenor, where they talk about comics um, in a way that is uh, um, friendly to women and people of various gender and sexual identities, uh, people in all sorts of marginalized you know, groups. So uh, that's pretty great. She's awesome. Okay, so... All the Pouches is my Image Comics journey going through the 90s. I'm in 1994, and it's been a lot of fun. I really want to get to 1995 because that's when Astro City starts. And that's like my ah. next big, like, I really want to get to the start of the series. <laughs> Very good. Um, and Have finally, I've never read it. I haven't either. I'm, I'm going to maybe try to find a trade or something when you get there. Yeah. Um. And Return to Cybertron, a Transformers UK podcast. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to that one, Jason, but that's... It's in my queue. I have not started it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, that's where I've been going through the Transformers comics that were published by Marvel in the UK and also the cartoons. And on the cartoon episode discussions, my 11-year-old son is along for the ride. So we talk about the Transformers cartoons from the 1980s and have a lot of fun with them. Yep. I'm, I'm assuming it's an awesome show. I, I look forward to listening to it here pretty soon. I think I got two or three things in front of you, and then I should get to your first episode there. So, well, I know how the podcast queue dance is done. Oh so man, it's, I, it's, I am familiar. And the more friends I make, the harder it gets. <laughs> 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 but 
but yeah, no. So yeah, definitely go check John out on all those shows. I'm, you know, I think it's a safe bet. Most of you already are because I mean, if not, what are you doing with your life? But you know, yeah, definitely go check those out. They're all great shows. Um, and plus, I mean, anytime you get a chance to hear John talk and have his voice in your ears is a, is a good chance. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I've been enjoying your show ever since. I mean, what is it like five, six years ago now that we start talking? It's, it's been yeah, a while. it has been a while. So, awesome. Well, um, I don't really know for the podcast that goes, Nick, what is in the immediate future? Um, different things around what's going on in the external world uh, may impact some of what we're doing and it may make some things actually easier because I think <laughs> different work schedules may uh, conflate in different ways over the next few weeks. So, so I'll kind of figure out, uh, as John said, I'll figure out that dance um, and we'll get, get something out again soon. But um, yeah, uh, John, I will keep going through uh, MCP and so will Wolverine and, I don't know, I may get some of your input on, on Adjective with X-Men as well. We'll kind of see how that all goes. But, okay. uh, so we'll kind of test that. I don't want to overtax you either. <laughs> Me like trying to, I don't want to try to pretend that you're going to be on my show every week. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I'm not feeling taxed. So you let me know okay. what you want to do. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, um, yeah, so go check John out at all those places, uh, for the podcast that goes nicked, uh, like the Facebook page, Twitter's at Snickcast, and John, just thanks again for coming on. Um, just always such a blast talking with you, so I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, everyone out there, stay well, stay safe, and hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. Synced. <laughs>